Hello, and welcome to Disney Girl Talk, a podcast where Disney girls talk about the magic of all things Disney. From parks, movies, shows, music, and more, whatever comes to mind. I'm Abby. And I'm Megan. We are the Disney girls on this podcast who, well, like to talk. And with that in mind, we invite you to relax. Let us pull up some headphones as we proudly present your podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Disney Girl Talk. Uh, this is Megan. And here's Abby. Hello. Uh, so, this week, I'm really excited. I-, I think Abby and I ended up talking, and we went on a rampage of a million crazy ideas. But I think we need a little bit more time to actually, you know, work through and research all of this stuff. Uh, so, this week, we decided to do a little bit of a, a fun kind of... Uh, spontaneous type of topic that we didn't really have to do as much research. It's just kind of stuff from the top of our head. Uh, Abby's so favorite. Yep, exactly. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. I don't know about you. Oh, I am very excited. First of all, just being able to uh, talk without thinking. Always for. Uh, and then second of all, what we're going to talk about today is uh, like a Disney, a Disney person, a Disney adult's dream. So yes. Yay. Excellent. So, our theme slash question of the day is, uh, what vintage or retro Disney thing uh, could be an attraction, a restaurant, area of the park, any anything, literally anything, uh, what would you like to see come back? So, with that being said, I think all of us, by all of us I mean you and I, <laughs> um... I mean, well, let's put it this way. Pretty much anybody that's potentially listening has something in every park or every area of every park that we want to bring back or or whatnot. So I, I feel like this could be a conversation that could go ridiculously long. Um, or very short if you just say all of it. The end. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. But for the purpose of today, we want people to have something to listen to. So I think this will probably go a little bit longer. Um, so... How about this? Let's kick it off. Abby, I'm going to toss it over to you. What vintage or retro thing from the Magic Kingdom would you like to see come back? All of it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no! Wrong answer. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, that's, a, that's the right answer, but I mean... Right ex- answer, explain. wrong way to actually create... Yeah, right answer, wrong way to actually develop a podcast. Yes, explain. Uh, I, well, I feel like I feel like I, I'm a broken record with this, but I'm I'm just gonna go with it. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, that oh. is my favorite dead attraction from Magic Kingdom, and quite literally dead. Like there's a tombstone in the haunted mansion for Mr. Toad. Actually, guys, first tangent of the of the episode. I got to witness uh, quote-unquote theme park history one day as I uh, did my traditional try to take a picture of Mr. Toad's tombstone in the pet cemetery and as I was doing so one of the tombstones for one of the other animals toppled over. Oh my god! Yeah, just like plunked and I was like, whoa! I like grabbed a cast member like, hey, I don't know if this was supposed to happen or not, but eh, 
it was before I'd ever started working there, and so the guy was really, like, really nice. He's like, oh, thanks. He's like, I'll make sure somebody knows about it. He's like, hey, you just witnessed theme park history. And I took that and ran. Um, but yeah, so that's why uh, it is now in a slightly one of the pet stat cemetery statues. I know words. Tombstones. That's it. Guys, listen to uh, Haunted Mansion coming out July 28th, 2023. Uh, Tombstone is out, um, is in a slightly different spot. But yes, long and short, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, I think it's one I very vividly remember as a kid. Um, in I think I just, I was obsessed with it because as a four-year-old, like I get to be in the driver's seat with the wheel. This is amazing. And I love the Disneyland one, but the Magic Kingdom one had just that chef's kiss extra spot with the fact that it had the two different directions you could go. The two different kind of like, for lack of a better phrase, dueling tracks, which was just so much fun. And to be fair, also, I have nostalgia blowing it way out of proportion, but that is my one for the Magic Kingdom, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. That is a very good answer. I, yeah. I always, honestly, at this point, because it's been gone for so long, I almost associate it only with Disneyland. So I keep actually forgetting it was there. But, I, okay, I also have to throw in, though, I do love the fact that the Imagineers were, will always kind of give, like, a little shout-out to the ride that it, that it took over. So if you ever go into the Winnie the Pooh ride, I think it's it's just as you're coming out of the the windy scene... So it's like, I think it's like technically the second room in Winnie the Pooh where it looks like Owl's house is blowing over. If you look over your shoulder on the left-hand side, you can actually see Toad giving Owl the deed to the house kind of thing, if you want to call it that. Do you know there's a second Easter egg to Mr. Toad's in that room? I heard that and I can't remember. It, I, it's on the right-hand side on the floor somewhere, but I can't remember yeah. what it is. On the right-hand side on the floor, there's another picture and it's Mr. Mole. That's what it is. That's what it is. Love it. Love it. I was very, very proud of myself the day when I found both of them. I was like, yes, this is mine and this is awesome. Ah, yeah. Um, although I feel like if we're going to talk about little shout outs to former attractions, and speaking of Winnie the Pooh, you got to talk about the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disneyland. Do you know about this? With the um, its tradition with Country Bear Jamboree. Okay, yes, I've heard about this. Uh, okay, the... I saw it. Oh, did you? Yay! I did! I may or may not have made James, my husband, uh, ride that attraction four times in a row uh, to see it the last time we went to Disneyland. <laughs> in other words, I, I did. Um, and well, I have no for, regrets. For our listeners that don't know what this is, do you want to tell them? Yeah. So, the Winnie the Pooh attraction in Disneyland in California replaced the country bear jamboree um and shout out to the backside of water podcast if you want to hear some great awesome details and history about the country bear jamboree on that end of the country uh but as they were making the winnie the pooh ride and, and changing everything up they decided to keep the busts of the three animals who kind of host the country bear jamboree show for lack of a better phrase it's oh what is it buff max and I always forget the moose. The deer is Max, the buffalo is Buff, and then the moose has a name. Never remember it. My research team, aka Megan, as I talk, 
is looking this up. But anyway, so they kept the heads and it Melvin Austin Max. Melvin. Shout out to Melvin. Anyway, um, Melvin, Buff, and Max are still in the Winnie the Pooh attraction. Um, as you exit the room, that is the Heffalumps and Woozle room, and immediately crane your head with a 180 to look behind you and slightly up. They are just staring there, and um, it is awesome, and I love it. Excellent. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, I, I love stuff like that. I love when they do those little, like, shoutouts to former attractions. Easter eggs, they're great. But anyway, all of this has been me talking about my favorite one in Disney in Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom. What is your favorite uh, retro ride that you think they should bring back to the Magic Kingdom? Well, okay, I'm I am such a Disney retro girl in so many ways, but you know this, and I'm also a Tomorrowland girl. So I'm I'm trying to decide which one I want to do because like one of them, I'm kind of like. Like, I mean, it was great, but I mean, the ride that it replaced or that replaced it is great too. Um, and I'm very fond of it. But so, in this, I'll, I'll, I'll say it anyway. Okay. So, thinking about Delta Dream Flight or It Takes Flight, but I love Buzz Lightyear. And I have so many memories of that as a kid because, like, that was my younger brother's absolute favorite ride. So, like, I'm okay with that, but I just wish it would come back, like, either in another area of the park or just like for one of those like a rant like almost like for like a bring back a disney 1964 world's fair but bring back all the former attractions just temporarily like just just set it up for me please that's all i want to do um and the timekeeper right yes that is like... an excellent choice my my eyes just bulged out of my head that is a fantastic choice i yelled at my parents in the past two years on the phone about the timekeeper like in at an inappropriate volume because uh another shout out imagineer skyway uh matthew crawl he does a great job of including audio from different rides so you can kind of listen to it and kind of experience the ride as you're going about your day and as a commuter for work i listen to a lot of different podcasts and there's the one day where it was all of the audio for the timekeeper ride and I immediately, as soon as the audio was done, I immediately hit pause and called my parents. I was like, what? You were under the age of two. You just probably don't remember. And I was like, not good enough. <laughs> so, yes. Bring it back. Bring, okay. Robin Williams. And I'm, I'm going to do some research. Just give me a moment. Robin Williams voices the timekeeper. We're talking Jules Verne. And where is it? She's amazing. She's wonderful. Nine-Eye. Yeah, Nine Eye. Gilda Radner voices Nine Nine. Uh, so the the two main characters in the story. Um, so Robin Williams and Gilda Radner. Wow, like just powerhouses in comedy, and just I want it. Give yes, good answer, very good answer. Wait, hold on. Who did you say it was? Did I say it wrong? Am I wrong? I could also be very wrong. Wait, no, sorry. What was the name that you said though? Gilda Radner. I thought it was Ray Perlman. Oh, is it Ray Perlman? And I'm just getting it wrong. Yeah. So she was, um, she was in the show Cheers. She was one of the. Yeah. No, I got it wrong. Well, still, an incredible actress. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. No, she was. It was incredible. Also, I think this is a really cool fun fact too. In the show, it. So it sponsored the show in Disneyland Paris for, or this was, sorry, let me rephrase that. Renault, 
so if you, if anybody is an F1 fan, the current team Alpine uh, is formerly Renault um, in F1 racing. Renault actually was heavily featured in the show in the Disney, the Europe Disneyland version as well. Um, and uh, Jules Verne is driving a race car. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that's a little. That. That's a little bit of a fun fact, um, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and in after, um, or just before 9-11, uh, it was, the show was placed on a seasonal schedule, kind of similar to the downfall of Sitch's Great Escape. Um, and uh, apparently the overseas version of the attraction had been kind of there's been there had been a lot more complaints over in Europe versus in the Walt Disney World version. Um, so I think a lot of the complaints were you know there wasn't enough Disney characters or people because this was a if anyone's been into the um, the 360 Circle Vision in, in the Canadian Pavilion, you have to stand so you can't sit. They're like they have like those leaning. I, I hate calling them benches, but like the kind of the leaning, leaning railings bars. or whatever, leaning bars. Yeah. So it was the same thing in, in this attraction as well. So I think a lot more people complained about that as well. Um, but also after September 11th, the show ended up getting a lot more complaints in the U S because it showed the world trade centers. Um, there's a scene that was in there that showed it, but uh, nonetheless, that was, I think that was some, tough for some people to see, but um, and then after that, it got replaced with Monsters Inc. Flat Floor, which I thoroughly enjoy. I really, really enjoy that show, but I just, it'd be really neat to see um, The Timekeeper again, but maybe just, you know, re-edited and maybe with um, like seating that rotates or something instead so that you can still look around and see stuff instead of having to stand all the time. But that's just me. Anyways, those are my, those are my choices. I'm pretty sure I could talk about a million other choices in Magic Kingdom, but uh, yeah, those are mine. Well, and this is something I've always been kind of thinking about, or at least have on the back burner, is speaking of Stitch's Great Escape, um, it's not there anymore. Like, you can find videos of the tragic gutting of that attraction. So that's just empty space right now. Like, you could do something. Yeah, it, it's insane. right now they're using it for like character meet and greets and stuff like that. Um, but, which is unfortunate, like there's, and, and the thing is too, the, if, if you've been in there, uh, it, I'm trying to think what it was. This was a couple I think it was before pre COVID. Um, they actually used that space, uh, for one of the Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, um, trick or treat trails. So they would have multiple candy buckets set up in the attraction and then they had stitch up the entire time like uh, for people to see and you could actually walk through uh kind of the seating area to get out of there which is really cool but there's a that ton cool. of space in there there's so much space and you could easily make like the pre-show areas are huge mm -hmm. so you can you can pack a lot of people in there so i'd be really curious to see what they do if they either make it into another attraction or some kind of show i, I don't know like the space is i want to say it's limited but like i would be curious to see what they put in there or what they could do with it so anyway mm -hmm. that's 
now we're going off into a whole other tangent. See, this is why I'm like, I know this is going to not, this is not going to be over quick. <laughs> well, not to mention you, me, tangent. What? What? Never. <laughs> Answer, always. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I too would be very, very curious. And actually thinking about it now, like just on the idea of the, the, the retro rides or the rides of the past that no longer really are there. I'm trying to think over to the rest of the park and realistically other than like Tomorrowland and Fantasyland have been the ones that have been hit really bad up until Splash Mountain. Yeah, I that's about true. It. Yeah. Well, and um, it's funny. So I was listening to a podcast called uh, Distory with this like Disney history, Distory uh, with Never. Kate and Kirk. Um, super cute. Anyways, so I was listening to their Pirates of the Caribbean episode and they were making a really good point. I actually, I really love what they did with this episode. So I highly recommend if you guys want to go take a listen. Um, but they went through the entire attraction and actually compared the Disneyland version to the Disney World. So like the exteriors, the facades, um, what the cues, how the cues were different, stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so they were making a really good point that uh, you know, obviously Disneyland has changed exponentially in in comparison to Disney World, but even still, Disney World was a lot different previously in the Frontierland, Adventureland kind of areas and stuff like that. But that for Disney World, that's a fairly untouched area aside from when they built Splash Mountain, and and even now that is go going through a major overhaul as well. But the, yeah, the only other thing I can think of, I just, something else just popped in my head is the Skyway. That was a huge thing Ooh, that mm -hmm. was missing. And I remember it sat there for years, mm -hmm. empty. And remember, but remember where in, was the Skyway in Florida? Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. Yes. Yep. And those, again, yeah. those are the areas that were most changed. Um, the east, the east side of the park. Shout out Custodial East. Hey, there you go. Constantly, constantly changing. Also, uh, just unrelated to anybody, um, the Skyway, my family and I never called it the Skyway. Do you know what we called it? No. The Mary Poppins ride. Oh, that's so cute. Because <laughs> you fly. Yeah, for the longest time, I was like, I don't know what this is actually called. That's so cute, though. Okay, now that's making me think of Epcot because do you remember mm. at D23 in 2019, they announced the Mary Poppins ride coming to Epcot? Yes. It's supposed to come to the UK Pavilion. What happened? Because I don't think they ever addressed it. They have-ish. Um, there is a YouTuber who I need to find. Um, he addresses it in a very, very well done way if, if I found him. Offhand Disney. Uh, offhand Disney, he does a lot of fun looking and deep diving into things. He's also got a, uh, I haven't listened to it, I'm sorry, um, but he's got a Haunted Mansion podcast that he does. But he actually did some some research into finding out what happened, um, specifically because after the pandemic hit, what was all really greatly impacted by those uh, changes that were going to be happening to Epcot and how things have very much had to pivot for budgetary reasons. Um, including the pavilion of my dreams, but that's fine. That's that's a that's a podcast on on blue sky things that we wish could happen but didn't. For those of you who don't know, blue sky. I don't know actually if it's a kind of a general term used in like 
theme parks or in in show in show business uh but blue sky is basically where it's kind of you've got blue skies the sky is the limit you can come up with any idea of something that could happen um and disney is kind of notorious for having a lot of blue sky ideas so there might not be things that ever actually make it past the idea section of 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 the or stage of development um but they'll still share it with us because why not we love it exactly um but yes well and this actually is the perfect segue for us speaking of epcot let's go to epcot next i like you first because i have i have thoughts and feelings oh i have so many thoughts and feelings about epcot oh god i i honest i honestly don't even know where to start with epcot i so i'm gonna take us back on a, a tiny side tangent I still remember, I think it was actually last year before, so Abby and I tend to take uh, yearly girl trips down to the Disney parks, specifically Walt Disney World. Uh, so last year, prior to us going, um, we were both on this uh, Epcot kick. Uh, so like everything Epcot, everything vintage Epcot, Epcot music, Epcot area music, everything. Like literally all about Epcot. <laughs> so, but it, it's still... I'm back on this little bit, a tiny bit of a kick this week again with Epcot. And it, seriously, the Epcot, like, old entrance music is such a vibe. Uh, anyways, I digress. Um, I miss everything. Like, 80s Epcot. Everything. <laughs> so I'm pulling an answer with you, like, all of it. Um, World of Motion. Horizons. Horizon. Universe of Energy. Like... Aww. Literally, all of what is that? Epcot East? Well, I have no idea anymore. Oh dear God! Okay, I need to. I need to figure this out. Hold on. Wasn't it Future? No, not Future Worlds. Well, Future World East. That's. Oop! Hold on. Wait. Wait for it. Okay. Dairy. Kidding. <laughs> Everything that is over in future world east which is now called world discovery so that's the area where test track mission space and now guardians of the galaxy uh or the cosmic rewind cosmic rewind thank you um so that entire area of the park um all of it was something different years ago so test test track used to be world of motion um horizons was mission where mission space is now like they completely gutted that and built it again from the ground up um universe of energy uh is where the guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind is and the nice thing though i like that they kept the facade so they kept the exterior kind of shell of the building and then just expanded it back outwards um so i i really like that part and then future world west which is now called world nature that has pretty much remained fairly unchanged. Oh, and then the other thing too, over on Future World East slash World Discovery area now, um, they used to have Wonders of Life, the Wonders of Life Pavilion. Um, and I honestly, I used to love that as a kid. Uh, and so th- it is now, well, again, temporarily on pause, it is supposed to be the new Play Pavilion. Um, and it's supposed to, it, it looks very um like almost like wreck it ralph kind of theming or vibe a little bit but it's supposed to be, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure they haven't they i we only ever saw 
the D23 kind of explanation of what it is. So I'm kind of curious to see if they end up doing that. Because again, same thing, kind of similar to Mary Poppins. I haven't really heard any, if they're going to move forward with it. And same thing, like they were going to go and update Spaceship Earth uh, pre-COVID. And then that didn't happen. So I don't know if that's still going to happen at a later date. But nonetheless, all of that one side of the park I would love to bring all of that back because it was incredible and when the park first opened it was very much heavily meant on innovation and discovery and learning and it was such a an amazing experience and yes it was definitely a slow park there wasn't you know there wasn't a lot of theme rides or anything um but I think they could have expanded that like Epcot's such a huge park like even in um in world showcase right now like they have room for i think it's like seven other pavilions that they could fit in there there's so much more room around that area of the park they could easily expand that park out further to include some of the theme rides that are there now and they could have either kept or maybe like just you know again updated some of the other ones i think that would have been a really cool experience but nonetheless those are the ones that i like that is my ra massive massive tangent and now on to you abby <laughs> thank you megan um my little homage to radio broadcasting not radio broadcasting what am i talking about the news anyway <clears throat> i see your horizons uh because that's definitely my one where i have the faintest of memory riding um, and the one that I've definitely fallen in love with, I think, the most as I've grown up. And I see your horizons and I raise you. Dreamfinder. <gasps> Bring him back. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I just, it was so good. And it was so magical, and whimsical, and just captured the true spirit of imagination. And I just, like, for people who talk nowadays and who, who look at Disney adults who obsess over Figment and go, why? My response to you is, I get it. Because the Figment of today is cute, has its charm, but compared to the Figment that started, he's such a pain in the butt now. Like, he's, he almost seems slightly like, um, oh, Dennis the Menace type, as opposed to, like, whimsy brought to life through this cute little dragon and i just i want i want that version of it back i want the dream finder back i want my whimsy i want my joy just bring it back <laughs> i can tell you're very passionate about this not at all nah it's fine. yeah no i am i am very much so i like i just i I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because that was the stuff that I kind of imprinted the most of remembering growing up as a kid for Epcot. Because, I mean, I get why they changed a lot of it. Growing up as a kid, Epcot was not my favorite. It was a lot of kind of a, why, why are we wandering around places that I can't really experience the stuff going on? Because realistically, World Showcase to an eight-year-old, eh. I'm not going to lie. I am the first to admit that when I was a kid, I hated going to Epcot. Aside from going on, like, you know, I, I liked going on Universe of Energy. I liked going on Spaceship Earth. Um, I, like, you know, there's there were some attractions that I really genuinely did like. I loved going to when it was called Food Rocks um, or the Kitchen Cabaret, depending on when you went to see it. Um, stuff like that. So I did really enjoy going to Epcot, but 
only in future world i would never and oh my god i used to run like crazy in interventions so i i did like it but like world showcase i could care less i absolutely hated going around there i just thought it was a really long walk and as a you know short kid with short legs i hated it <laughs> as a tall kid with long legs yeah you were not alone you were not alone um yeah no and 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 I will say props to modern day Imagineers trying to find a way to kind of keep that. I I have to admit, I really do like the, at least the heart of where they're trying to reimagine uh, Epcot going, where it's kind of honoring more of that classic nature of what Epcot was supposed to be, but still find a way to make it engaging for a new audience um, and for the entire family and a, 2023 mind frame of what that looks like i do give them the props for that but give me back my dream finder for all that is good and decent in this world <laughs> this is true this is true <laughs> like i would give anything for the dream finder package is so good uh anyway but that's well i feel like we uh we nailed epcot I, I think and so, and very closely avoided saying all of it. We we said all of it, but with detail. I feel like is what we kind of did. Yes. Although you're right, we didn't actually say all of it. There's some other stuff that uh, could have been mentioned, and uh, we'll leave that for our, you know, two fans, our moms, to figure out what they are. And I hope by the time we get to this episode, we have more fans than just our moms. <laughs> well, okay. Side note. My, 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 the town that I live in now is Listowel, Ontario, and shout out to the wonderful people who I've met in Listowel because uh, they've been mentioning the fact that they've been listening to it, and it was just so sweet, and they said, you didn't have to do that, and they looked at me and went, Happy, you like our stuff, of course we're gonna listen, and I was like, okay, thank you, but still, uh, that being said, I, I kind of use our moms as our stand-in for, like, people that we know who love us and so tolerate listening to us ramble on for 40 to 50 minutes every week on this very niche thing this is true this is very uh, true. but regardless of that magic All kingdom right. check epcot check now on to mgm studios i'm yes. starting the conversation i want the name back yes <laughs> i get why we don't have the name anymore it's a fair reason licensing is a bear but let's start with the name I want the name back. Thank you. Okay. That's a very good answer. That is a very good answer. The amount of things in the parks, though, like uh, just in Walt Disney World Resort period, that the names have changed, and I still call it the old one. Um, case in point, uh, instead of Port Lane's Riverside, it is Dixie Landings, and it will always be Dixie Landings. Um, Disney Springs, the amount of that, I'm sorry, that's a mouthful. And I know some people are like, just shorten it to Springs. Like, hey, I'm going to Springs. I'm like, no, downtown Disney. Super or marketplace. easy. Marketplace. Anything. Whatever. Anyways. That's a tangent for another day. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, I also do kind of appreciate it because that's how you can tell how long someone's been a specific fan of the Disney theme parks is by what they refer to it as. Oh, 100%. I used to know when I worked at the Disney store, there was a couple fans that like guests that would come in the store, obviously, but they were huge park fans and they would come in and be like, Oh yeah, we're going to stay at Dixie landings. And I'm just like, oh, yes, yes. Thank you. And they're going, Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah, Riverside. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I totally get Dixie landings. Thank you. <laughs> so it was good. It was great. 
Um, okay, so do you have any other attractions aside from the name uh, at studios that you would? I do. Um, and actually, even just thinking about it before I mention it, I feel like the studios has probably gone through the most changes out of any of the parks. So um, actually, fun fact, I just read an article. So I don't <laughs> go figure algorithm. Um, I might the news that comes up on my laptop and hilariously enough, this is on my work laptop. The news that comes up, it's either. <laughs> God, this is sad. It's either about F1 racing or Disney. <laughs> anyway, that's the main news that comes up on my on my news on my work laptop anyways um, shows you what i do uh or what my i was gonna say are. i'm learning so much about you i did not know you were that into f1 racing i i really am now uh nonetheless anyways um <laughs> it, so i read an article today uh that popped up on my on my news um about some hollywood studios facts which is really cool so i decided to look into it uh, or I shouldn't say look into it, read a little bit more. But of Disney's 12 theme parks worldwide, Hollywood Studios is the only one that has been completely regenerated. So none of the five uh, rides or attractions specifically that op that were there on opening day have survived. So Great Movie Ride was the last one and it closed in 2017. That, is, that was the last existing opening day attraction in Hollywood Studios. Other than that the park has completely changed. So, I mean, and that is different from the shows because for example, the Indiana Jones stunt epic stunt spectacular, it opened in August of 1989. So it opened short, like a couple months after the park opened, but that was not like, I don't count that as an attraction. It's a show. I digress. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so there you go. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot that has changed in that park. And even just from movement as well, because when you think about, um, it used to be, I think it was it TV, TV soundstage, um, mm -hmm. where the kind of that Pixar alley used to, again, used to be, that's where that was. Mm -hmm. Then it turned into Pixar, the Pixar place. Um, and that was where the entrance to, um, Backlot. uh, yeah. Um, but no, I mean now, um, oh my God, what is the name of the ride? Toy Story Mania. The entrance to Toy Story Mania used to be in that, down that kind of alleyway. And now it's mm -hmm. in, to the entrance is in actually in Toy Story Land on the other side. So mm -hmm. even some of that stuff has changed and kind of relocated and they've readjusted a lot of stuff. So, so yeah, so much of that park has changed. It's crazy. Anyways. Mm -hmm. You were saying so much has changed. Continue. Sorry, I totally took over that conversation. Studios is Studios yes, is my should. home park. Studios is my home park. So that's like that's my jam. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. That's your baby. Forever about that one. Anyways, continue. No, worries. no I we're good. I was list. I was loving listening. And if we needed to, I would have reeled you back. But it's all good. I didn't need to because you're wonderful and beautiful and amazing. That's why I love you. But now let's talk about me. No, um, I guess for me, I think the two major ones for me would be great movie ride that hurt so bad when they took that away oh yeah i i i mean i i i still feel the wound of it and the wound of it is felt so deeply that in 2018 when james and i went to disneyland 
uh, we were going on It's a Small World and, you know, going through our park day and, you know, you're wearing your Disney stuff. And I thought, hey, I'll wear the Great Movie Ride t-shirt because I love the Great Movie Ride and it's a cute shirt and I feel adorable. And as we're getting on to It's a Small World, a cast member stopped and almost started yelling at me going, why would you wear that? It's too soon. And I just was like almost in tears with them and almost gave them this big hug. Like, I get it. I feel you. I understand. It's okay. But yeah, great, great movie ride is the attraction that like it, it hurt my soul. And I don't know if I've recovered yet, uh, which is almost silly to say, but as I, I think it's safe to say, I enjoy films. I like a good movie. I like a bad movie. I watch a lot of movies. I watch too many movies. So Great Movie Ride and its homage to classic films as well was just so phenomenal. And the interaction with the cast member to make it so engaged was just absolutely amazing. And the history behind it is so fascinating when you go and research it and look it up. So that is the attraction. And then uh, I very much miss the Hunchback of Notre Dame stage show saying it happening that was another one that hurt my heart a little bit when they yep. first of all when they plastered the back lot scenario looking like you were in california and then when they condemned the building and said never mind that that one hurt my heart too i just i am a fan of all of the films being readapted into stage shows because it's just it's a lot of fun and it's really engaging and really cool um so my little theater brain just gets very happy. And also Hunchback is my favorite film of the classic films. We can talk about that another day. But yeah, when that show left, I was I was sad happy. So those are my two my two major ones. There are more, but we'll leave it at those. Yeah, this is gonna be a difficult one. I I've caught in studios, like I'm so attached to those two parks in particular. And I love the history behind both of them. So yeah, the studios is going to be a difficult one for me. I I, I have to say great movie, right? It's the same thing. Like that, that one hurt. Like I still remember being at, uh, I was working at the Disney store when I found out that it was closing and literally me and one of the other cast members, uh, both of us are like big, huge Disney park people. And like, we were like crying in the back room. <laughs> Because we found out it was it was closing, um, yeah that that one really really stung a lot. Um, I really miss Backlot Tour as well. Mm, yes. I just I'm not even kidding. All of Streets of America and the Backlot Tour um, going into I can't remember what it was called. It was. Um, there's a little quick service spot, like almost like right across from Backlot Tour. But I always remember getting this mm -hmm. little tiny lunch pill with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it was just the best thing ever. Um, and yeah, I just, I have so many memories of like that. This concludes part one of Disney Girl Talks Missing Retro Disney. Be sure to tune in next week for part two. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, we're Megan and Abby, and this has been Disney Girl Talk. 
If you didn't, this has been George and Ethel, and this has been the importance of letting paint dry. <laughs> Abby, nice Jungle Cruise skipper homage. That was great. In all seriousness, if you like the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on what you want to hear us talk about, please email us at DisneyGirlTalk at gmail.com, or you can Instagram us at DisneyGirlTalk. Feel free to also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Or wherever you listen to podcasts and Disney music. Oh yeah, that too. Thanks so much for listening, and remember... A ghost will follow you home. <laughs>